Hi, readers. Before we get started with this episode, we wanted to address things that are currently going on in the month of June here in the United States and across the world. Unequivocally, we, the Chris's, want to state that Black Lives Matter, no ifs, ands, or buts. Mm-hmm. We wanted to take the opportunity to donate our full June Patreon to the local Kansas City Bail Fund, and we will personally match whatever that Patreon amount is, so it will be double the Patreon donated. We just wanted to let our patrons know that that's where their funds would be going this month. That's right. Thank you for uh, understanding about this being a week late, which we did for Blackout Tuesday. In delaying the episode, our purpose was to take that time and that space to amplify the voices of Black creators. We are also currently on our Twitter uh, sharing out podcasts with Black podcasters that cover different nerdy content, comics-adjacent content, or comic content that we think that you guys should check out as well. That's why our episode is a week late. And without further ado, we will get into the show. Hey, Chief, I've got an idea. We need a big slogan for tomorrow's paper, and I think I've got just the thing. Well, don't give it a preamble, kid. What's the skinny? There's a giant alien invasion happening, so I'm guessing that's the stuff, right? Well, Chief, it's a little bit like that, you know? What do you mean, a little bit? That's the biggest news story right now across the whole friggin' planet! Sure, Chief, but I think I had a little something else. I'm listening, but your case is already weak as seven days, kid. Sure, sure. Well, I've got the big headline. Let me lay it on you. Now, Chief, the world never agrees on anything, right? Governments always gotta butt heads. Uh Uh-huh. But this time, they've come to an agreement. An ultimate conclusion. Is it about the obvious? Obvious? Yeah, kid. Is it about the giant flying saucers? Alien soldiers? The superhero ultimatum? Nah, Chief. We had some holdouts on that front. They got something else they agree about. Spit it out! All right, tomorrow's headline. World agrees. Super Mario water levels are always the worst. Yeah, that, that that's true. Amazing. Run it. Big and bold across the front page. But, son, we got to do a follow-up. Call a meeting. We got to talk about comics, Chief? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our first two-part episode in a little bit. Yep, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, in this episode, we're covering the first two 80 pages, no ad issues of invasion. Well, they probably came out with ads when they when they came out, but it's 80 pages of of, of No, no, things. no. They're advertised 80 pages no ads. Whoa. Yes. Cannot even imagine that these days. <laughs> when I picked this uh this crossover, I thought, "Oh, three issues, that'll be nothing." Three 80 page issues, yep. no ads. That's bigger than like some 10 that's like a 10 parter. You know, a 22 page comic times 10. Whew. It's it's just it's big, but this might be the best DC crossover that we've covered. You know, I 
I don't think I'm going to dispute you there. I definitely don't know if any of the other DC crossovers that we've covered have been better, although I really did enjoy our Batman TMNT. That's fair. I guess I was thinking more along the like main main oh, line. Oh, yes. Yes, of all the DC crossovers that jam like all of the superheroes into it. This is the best. I think this is the best. The best of the best of the best. So did they just get like worse from here on out? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Did they peak in the 80s? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I think we'll have one that's better. Oh, all right. One. <laughs> no, we might have more. I don't know. Uh, what else peaked in the 80s? Uh, Punky Brewster. I think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch much Punky Brewster. <laughs> nope. Not, not a clue. New Coke. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hulk Hogan. Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's as, that's, that's as popular as he's ever been. Eh, maybe not. He might have been the most popular in the 90s. But he's not now. Nobody likes him because he's a racist. Uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into too much more of what peaked in the 80s, uh, which is not you and me. We definitely didn't peak in the 80s. No. We, we, I, I barely lived in the 80s. We were babies. Let's uh, Let's get into the Summary. Summary. Invasion, issues one and two, written by Keith Giffen and Bill Mantlow, penciled by Todd McFarlane and Keith Giffen, inked by P. Craig Russell, Al Gordon, Joe Rubenstein, Tom Christopher, and Todd McFarlane, colored by Carl Gafford, lettered by Gaspar Saladino, Augustine Mas, and John Costanza, edited by Andrew Helfer and Kevin Dooley. The alien races known as the Kuns and the Dominators have kidnapped 50 humans and put them through a brutal experiment known as the Blaster Field in order to test their ability to survive. All but six die, confusing the aliens. They come to the conclusion that human beings have the uncanny ability to develop superpowers— which is a threat to other interstellar races. After assassinating several of the remaining non-powered Green Lanterns who gave their rings to help the central power battery, an alien alliance is formed between the Dominators, the Kund, the Citadel, the Gil Dishpan, Scions, Thanagarians, and the Warlords of Okara who plan to invade Earth. The Daxamites plan to join as observers, but have no beef in general. The Alliance creates a giant prison called the Starlog, in which Adam Strange and a new fella, Garen Beck, are detained. Adam wanted to keep Rand neutral, if possible, and knows he can simply escape with the Zeta Beam when his time comes. The Alliance kills-slash-captures the Omega Men and are consolidating power on their way to attack Earth. The Alliance finally approaches Earth, and the Spectre is nabbed by the abstract entity... The forces of order who tell him he can't interfere in the coming conflict as the forces of chaos could then also intervene. Convenient, I say. Adam Strange Zeta beams back to the remote island where he just so happens to be picked up by the Kuns again. In retaliation, the Citadel aliens kill a bunch of inmates and Garen Beck gets a new roomie, the Kaluan known as Vril Drox. The Alliance invades with the Kund absolutely wrecking Australia and establishing a beachhead. They turn the continent into a prison camp and capture the superhero Tasmanian Devil with plans to dissect him later. A young low-caste dominator is confused by this entire course of action as he thinks the powers of superhumans could simply be neutralized and thus prevent war. However, his elders quash this plan quickly. 
the Daxamites find that in the Yellow Sun they get Superman-esque powers. They're still staying neutral, though. The Dominators deliver an ultimatum to Earth. Surrender the superheroes! After lengthy debate, the world delivers a message to the aliens. Drop dead! Issue 2. We start after a ceasefire has been negotiated, as the battle between Earth and the invaders has progressed for quite some time. General Eiling is in charge of the mundane armies. Captain Adam is in charge of superheroes. Amanda Waller is handling intelligence. And Maxwell Lord is, uh, there too, I guess. Nuclear weapons are off the table to preserve the Earth slash prevent future escalation, but the time has come to take the fight to the aliens. Amanda Waller offers the assistance of the Earth villains. The aliens are having some strife, as many of the other collaborators are not into the leadership of the Dominators, who are in fact planning on betraying all of them anyway. Also, our lone, lowly Dominator has discovered... The Metagene, which gives the humans their powers. He's creating a neutralizing device called the Gene Bomb, which he plans to use later on. The Coons are particularly not thrilled with the Dominators as they hang out in their base in Australia, where the heroes have broken the ceasefire an hour early. Big fight time. The Daxamites, who are powered up by the Yellow Sun in the same way Superman is, are feeling threatened by said Superman and decide to fight him, even if they're nominally there as observers. They clobber poor Superman, but start to feel sick as time goes on. Something in the air doesn't agree with them. Superman, a kind heart, moves them to space, and they feel better. The Daxamites decide to switch sides, and one lone Daxamite sacrifices himself to send a signal from Earth to the Daxamite fleet to help. Worldwide, the fight rages with... Atlanteans and the Doom Patrol defeating the Gildishpan in the Arctic Circle. The Flash and the Manhunter, unknowingly helped by the fatal sacrifice of his father, defeats the Durlins in Cuba. Lex Luthor creates fake superheroes filled with bombs, which he activates after they are picked up by the Alliance. The New Guardians and Red Rocket Brigade try to shake the warlords of Okara out of Moscow, but are struggling. The Justice League, Superman, Green Lantern, and the Daxamites rendezvous on the moon as Kund leadership retreats to space. Vrildox engineers a riot at the Starlag prison, but the Omega Men take heavy casualties. The Daxamite fleet arrives, and while the Alliance is thrilled, we know whose side they're on now. Things are going pretty poorly for the Alliance, and troops leave the Earth. In space, Martian Manhunter poses as a dominator to give a fake order, calling their allies expendable. The Alliance overhears and fractures, and the Dominators prepare to possibly blow up the entire Earth, even though they had a deal with Darkseid to leave it alone. However, the leaders of the Kund and Dominators turn on each other, and finally the Kund leader shoots himself in the head. Turns out he was possessed by Dead Man. The Alliance surrenders and are kicked out of the system, with the Kund and Dominators escorted by the Daxamites. The day is saved. But hey, wait, what about the Gene Bomb? Well, you've already mentioned that you think that this is the best DC crossover. At least that we've read. Yeah. That we've covered here on the show. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do you think sets it above some of the other other large events that we've covered from DC? You need almost no knowledge going in. I think that's fair. A lot of these seem to really heavily rely upon 
existing status quos, with the exception of, I think, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which you can, in general, I think, go in with a with a knowledge of DC in general, but maybe not uh, a, a knowledge of what's going on. I don't think Crisis should be your first comic, but I think if you're familiar with DC, it's not completely ridiculous. No, I think I think that that's definitely fair. I remember with Crisis, I felt incredibly overwhelmed by all of the characters. And with this one, I did read all of the tie-ins that I could find. And let me tell you, I was really disappointed by some of the tie-ins that I could not find. I know you really wanted to find Adventures as Superman. Readers, if you have this, send it, send it to us. Yes. Send us these comics. Not only that, but we all, I also couldn't find New Guardians or Spectre. Wow. Um, yeah, that was that was disappointing because New Guardians seemed like they they did a lot on that front that front. And Adventures, I think, is where Superman negotiates the ceasefire. Right, which would be nice to see because it you would just have see been that really it nice to read. It, it's so infuriating because it's like three issues missing, from... and it's Superman. It is. I've heard of that guy. Uh, me too. <laughs> More than once. I think he's got a Q on his chest. <laughs> Some sort of letter. Some sort of letter. <laughs> Maybe it's an M for man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have we have a very large focus on the aliens here. The Alliance. Yes, we have to get out of the way that the Dominators are like a horrifying yellow peril alien. Oh, it's it's terrible. It. And I feel like in some of the tie-in issues, they try to work around that by having them in a lot of shadow or in black and white to kind of avoid the coloring. But they have they are yellow. They are they yellow. They have big teeth. And they have a red like middle of the of the Japanese flag on their forehead. Mm-hmm. The, and the bigger the red dot, the higher their cast. Yes. None of them have names. Right. Although I don't know if any of these aliens have names because they just call each other by their species. <laughs> which which is pretty ridiculous considering <laughs> we have like 30 pages of only aliens and none of them get names. Which uh, to be fair, when I was just reading this, I'm like, cool, if these people don't have names, they clearly like they're didn't interchangeable. Come from they're not that important. It's it's uh from a story perspective, it did not I didn't need to have a lot going in, but it definitely made these just seem like kind of like different flavors of bad guy. Yes. There's even a bit where they explain that every single one of each of their species all looks the same and it's humans that look different and they think that's wild. <laughs> Which just seems like at some point they're like, man, we really got to excuse the fact that for, you know, 50 years we've just been drawing these guys to all look the same. So we'll just make all of these people com- actually interchangeable, and it, that is a that is a facet of their species. This is that they all look identical. Here's a funny thing, though: if you go into like the animal kingdom, where mm-hmm. even even to the extent like there's plenty of animals that don't look alike in certain species, but plenty that look a lot alike, that is not a problem for them. So I don't understand why this would be a problem for other. They would have other ways of identifying each other, and maybe they, maybe they do, and they just didn't address that. But I, I, no, I literally, literally, laugh. they say the dominators like they do not have names, right? <laughs> and they just they only care about your cast. How how big that how that big, forehead dot is? How big is that dot? Yep, boy. Um, Which makes your... me wonder if they're born 
with a certain size dot that determines their cast, or if, or if it's like like, paint a, it. a, like painted or tattooed. I I don't know. Uh, that's I I don't really out. actually care that much. It's like a passing thought. Right. Um, it's I whatever. really don't ever want to see them in comics again. Uh, I think they come back more than we'd like them to. I think the idea of of, of alien bad guys is cool, but like yeah. they are they literally look they are like some. And they need to redesign, you know. Yeah, they even have like the robes where they look like they look like they look Ming like... the Merciless from who is also kind of a yellow peril bad guy from it Flash. Looks like Gordon. they're wearing like kimonos. Yeah, it's, it's it's not good. It's very bad. Very bad. But. Let's talk about Your my alien? new favorite alien, the Gildish Pan. Gildish Pan. <laughs> yes. Like a dish pan. They and look they... like big macaronis <laughs> floating in orbs. They're like wrinkly <laughs> little macaroni guys. They're like macaroni you left out too long and they started to grow a little something. They're so weird. They are from the 50s or the 60s, I believe. And I'm like, man, I wish I knew what was going on in their brains to make, like, macaroni aliens. That rules. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, I feel like at some point the uh, the making of new aliens was let's just – let's, and it's just, this is maybe influenced a little bit by Star Trek and just BK – or even Star Wars mm-hmm. to some extent. It's just, like, pop a prosthetic on somebody. And even comics to some extent. Still has, like, let's make tons of humanoid aliens. It's also, like, let's make tons of humanoid sexy aliens. Mm. But the Gil Dishpan are just macaronis. They're macaronis and- that breathe. I can't even remember what, like, gas or something it is. But that that's why they're in their little, the little bubbles. bubbles. They're, they're so good. I love them so much. <laughs> they're also psychic, aren't they? Uh, I just no. don't, I don't remember how they could fight because they don't seem like no. That they scary. have like a really big scary ship, but don't they like hang out under the under the ocean? Yeah, but okay. they're still in their little little orbs. <laughs> do they do and they have a big ship, like a huge like <laughs> submarine, and they go and fight the Atlanteans. Oh, okay. So they uh, also the Doom Patrol, and oh yeah, the the leader of the the Doom Patrol dies in this. Oh, in one of the tie-ins. In one of the tie-ins, but right. it's referenced in yes. uh, the second issue. I don't know who the current Doom Patrol leader is. Her name is uh, Arani. Uh-huh. Uh, Celsius. Celsius, yes. I uh, like to be named after a, a series of temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird thing about, I don't know. She she commits a big self-sacrifice that's not really necessary because she's having a lot of internal conflict about Niles coming back. Oh, uh, I love Niles because it's like, what if Professor X just really, really sucked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, but I really, I enjoyed reading these tie-ins because I'm like some, I, I am very publicly not knowledgeable about a lot of DC characters. I'm pretty upfront about that. So it's, it's, How- it's fun. How does it feel to probably still know more about DC characters than, like, 95% of the populace? See, it doesn't matter that 95% of the populace, because, like, I'm only here for that 5%. It's true. <laughs> like You know when Qui-Gon said in episode one, there's always a bigger fish? I feel that way, except about people knowing about certain superheroes. It's like <gasps> someone always knows more than you. Right. Like, I never want to speak super authoritatively about anything that happens in superhero comics. I, like, have to preface everything that I feel that, or it seems to me that, and 
you know, right. it, it, it's there just is, that, that fear of like, oh, somebody, somebody's going to know something that I don't. There's only one f- thing I feel authoritative about, and that is House of X and Powers of Ten, and that's it. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm pretty up there, and but only <laughs> that particular twelve issue series. And I'm still like, man, there's still probably someone who knows way more than me about it. <laughs> A man who is who read it probably six times over in the process of reviewing it. But reading all the tie-ins makes me feel a lot more confident in the main issues of these DC events. Do you think you need to do it more with DC than Marvel? Or do you like, or do you just like both at this point? I feel like I'm not, we've now turned this into a, let's interview Christy about her reading. <laughs> the readers are really in for this content. Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to try and do it with everything that we cover now, unless it becomes really unmanageable. Oh man. I love it. You're going to be a superhero expert by the end and you're going to quash down all the dumb nerds. I'll be like, maybe I'll be at 96 percentile then. <laughs> this isn't 95. even Christie's final form. <laughs> oh. um, so I'm sorry. We, we went on a tangent about the Gildish pan. Then we talked about the Doom Patrol and their leader dying. Speaking of dying, the poor Omega men just get completely oh hosed. Oh, my goodness. It's like they were like, let's cancel this. They even this. had a little like death count tracker like the death count three on the page <laughs> hope you don't like the omega men <laughs> killing all of them imagine if they were your favorite team and you're like oh can't wait for this space comic invasion but the omega men are gonna have a fun time oh my goodness the so, omega men are basically the guardians if, if that wasn't like a button with some clear. cat people yeah there's a guy named brute b-r-o-o-t <laughs> just think about that <laughs> to be fair i think Groot came first Mm. Groot was from like a, some like pre like Fantastic Four. Mm. He was just an alien where they did like a monster comic. Yeah, I mean it was kind of interesting to me that they didn't have a tie-in. No Omega Men no. tie-in. No, they just they all died on panel. Yeah, <laughs> those on-panel deaths. Yeah, you probably got to experience one of your first real like Adam Strange deals. Mm-hmm. Um. His deal is basically he goes in space for a while, then gets to go back to Earth and just rinse, lather, repeat. Yep. But it just happens randomly. I mean, I think he can track it, but it's like he can't control it. He tried to like kind of like start a prison riot or he wanted to. Yep. Didn't happen. Didn't didn't happen. It took Brainiac 2. Real, real, real docs is Brainiac's like... Oh. The, next, the next iteration. The Brainiac 5 is the one in the Legion of Superheroes. They're all the, mm-hmm. those delightful green people. Do you feel like Todd McFarlane drew everybody with like a really strong jaw? I just remember seeing Vril, draw, do, Vril Docs. I cannot say that. And he's supposed to be kind of like an intellectual guy. And he still had this like, like he could like snap some wood hey, on his jaw. Sweetheart. Yeah. This is. This is superhero comic. No, no. I never question a no. strong jaw. <laughs> Christy accepts all strong jaws. <laughs> this had a lot of fun stuff in it, though. It had the Daxamites. I love the Daxamites. I read them first in some Green Lantern comics. So is, this is their first time discovering their Earth powers. As far as I'm aware. But they haven't... They didn't... Um, outline what they're what they're like allergic to or whatever right what what made them sick but it's it's elaborated upon later it's lead oh which is just kind like of super sensitive to lead yeah. and there's enough lead in the atmosphere that it hurts them it's kind of funny because the only thing that can block 
kryptonite radiation is lead. Uh, and the, the Daxamites are like distant cousins of the Kryptonians, which is why they have the same powers. But lead, lead does it does it for them. That's a little rougher because they can't really go to Earth ever. <laughs> They're very cool in space, though, around a yellow star, which is not where they live. They also live near right. a red star. Right. It's fun. It's fun. Love it. I love those Daxamites. I love that they were like, oh, we got to fight Superman. And Superman's like, wow, you're really beating the heck out of me. <laughs> Uh, that's not great. And they're like, sorry, we thought you were going to beat the heck out of us. And he's like, well, I'm not. And then they started just dropping. <laughs> I wasn't really sure how I felt about Guy Gardner until... His bowl cut? Uh, until the tie-ins. Uh, and, now, and now you don't like Guy Gardner. No. Because he's a real big misogynist. Yeah, he's awful. He's a terrible human being. Is he really? Yeah. I like Guy Gardner, but I, I like him as the sum of his parts. I think this was a part where they really wrote him particularly hard so, to love. So in a Swamp Thing, this alien comes and, and abducts Swamp Thing's wife. And she's like, hey, I'm not really here for you. I'm here for the body of my dead husband, which happens to be in the lake. And the only way like the Dominators would let me come would be like on this mission to abduct you. Because you're pregnant with Swamp Thing's baby and uh so i'm just gonna now that i got my husband's body i'm gonna let you go and then guy gardner shows up and's like hey what's that and she's like it's it's nothing and that's the (laughs) (laughs) tie-in but then he blows up the ship of the alien that saved her oh no guy you jerk he's a real big jerk that's interesting because for a while green lanterns couldn't use lethal force maybe at this point they could (laughs) he blew up a ship Mm -hmm. with it with the lantern ring yeah. Did a little pee pew. She had her baby egg on the ship, too. <gasps> Guy Gardner. Yeah. Okay, now I understand why you don't like Guy Gardner. Mm-mm. He killed an egg. He killed an egg. A little alien egg. That lady, she just wanted her husband's body. <laughs> what what species was she from? I don't, she, I don't she, even think it was one of the <laughs> alliance. <laughs> you know how, like, you go to... Uh, you go to like Coachella and there's always like on the poster, like names that are like size 40 font. And then by the time you get to the bottom, it's like size eight font. She was one of the size eight font aliens. In the Alliance. I'll double check. Cause I'll feel, feel real bad if I'm uh, wrong there, but well, I'm going to vamp for a little bit. Okay. I, I loved that. At the end of this issue, you're like, oh, things are probably fine, right? But then you're still like, wait, 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 wait. There's 80 more pages. There's 80 entire more pages. Because this didn't really seem like a resolution. It's interesting in that one of the one of the critiques of this is it's still one of those, like, big fight. We see, like, action in three panels, then it flips to something else, and you kind of occasionally get plot thrown in. Okay. Okay. So tell me if I... I don't think she's any of those. Nope. Don't think so. She looks like she a dinosaur looks, lady with pink eyes. Or like a kobold from D&D. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a fantasy creature. That's your, that's your, See right there? That's your problem. That's a fantasy mm-hmm. creature. Mm-hmm. So I, I interrupted your vamp, but it seemed like you were you were on good stuff there. I was. I My big critique of this of, of this comic is the... the When DC really wanted you to read the tie-ins problem, mm-hmm. which is... it. Just kind of does like a panel occasionally of some action elsewhere. I mean, I thought it was. I think it was done well. Kind of like a nice recap. You don't get any sort of recap for Checkmate because, gosh, you don't need to read it. All right, everybody know you don't need to read Checkmate. At least, at least Checkmate Eleven. I started Twelve, which 
It comes after aftermath. I don't think I realized that I didn't know anything about Checkmate going in, but it's like an organization. So it's not like one. I thought it was one dude named Checkmate. You thought it was a guy named Checkmate. <laughs> I did. He's like, I'm here to take out kings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Checkmate number 11. Awful. There's Irish terrorists in parliament. Oh, and they make a deal with aliens. Yeah, they wanted to make a deal. The aliens offered to make them a deal that, you know, they would liberate them from the English if they sided with the aliens. Love to make love to make uh, the Irish the bad guys against the English. <laughs> it was, yeah. So, sorry, sorry, the English. Uh, your country was the bad guy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... <laughs> Like, this country can't talk, but also. And there were a couple of tie-ins who you had, like, page for page, some of the same beats because they were interrelated. Yes. It was really, really bad with uh, the uh, Wonder Woman and the Justice League International issues. It was awful because you had some of the same pages. But actually, like, there were some things that were, like, different on the page, like Fire and Ice saying each other's lines in one issue. That's really funny. That almost makes it sound like an unreliable narrator problem. <laughs> I don't know. And you get a little bit... Well, there, there's a few of them that it crosses over, but it's just like those same moments. I think one of my favorite instances of that may have been... I'm trying to remember the two issues. Um, but getting some perspective, I think... With, was it with Power of the Atom and Captain Captain Atom? That might, no, uh, Firestorm and Starman, those two, because Firestorm's going through some some interesting stuff. So you get one perspective of it, like in the Starman issue, and another perspective in the Firestorm oh, with nice. more details. So I kind of like I kind of liked that. This was a su- somewhat Firestorm heavy crossover, I think, because he can fly and be in space, mm-hmm. and he gets to talk to people in his head. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Christy, who's in his head right now? It's not just the professor, right? No, I mean, he Firestorm's two people, but has recently lost somebody who used to be, used to be like a, a, th- a threesome, but now it's just Maybe two. Maybe not the word you meant to not, use. Not, it's like a, it was like a, I don't, I don't know how a to. A thruple. Dang it. That's not it either. <laughs> Ronnie Raymond is yeah. the main guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ronnie and the professor. Yes. And when they combine, it seems like there's somebody else there, but they don't really know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who else I mean, is in here? It's the, not important. It's just the professor and Ronnie, but when they combine, like, they're so incredibly awkward. Like, they make, like, a new individual that is struggling, <laughs> wishes he could talk to ladies like Starman does. Do you ever just wish you could talk to ladies <laughs> like Starman does? You know, when I read a DC comic uh, called Starman, all I, I'm just there for talking to ladies' tips. That's pretty fun. I mean, I didn't think I was going to empathize with with uh, Firestorm here, but I do kind of wish I could talk to ladies like Starman does. <laughs> Christine, notoriously awkward talking to other women. I mean, I'm awkward talking to a lot of people, but <laughs> oh man! But tie-ins were tie-ins were fun. You had fun with them? That's so good. I did. I did. A lot of them were kind of their their own flavor of stuff. Got a lot of Wonder Woman immersion there with the the chaos field. Mm. 
that surrounds Thymascara. Because the aliens tried to invade Thymascara. Didn't work. No, it did not work. They started to pass through the, like, the, the chaos, chaos field. Chaos field, and they uh, um, not go well. Which makes me wonder, I'm like, is this the same chaos that that's going on with Spectre? I'm like, I can't read that Spectre tie-in. Yeah, I like. I don't know. I love that Spectre early on was like, hey, can I help? And the forces of water are like, no, we're not going to do the normal DC thing where all the magic people shoot Care Bear lasers and solve the problem. <laughs> not this time. We're just going to circumvent that right now. Uh, a part of me was like, oh, thank God, because we've read several of the everybody shoots their Care Bear lasers right. and solves the problem. I was thrilled that that wasn't the, the way that they decided to do it. Okay, can I tell you something that does drive me a bit bonkers, though, about some of this kind of tie-in situation? Yeah. That we have this whole section that's like, oh, for more details, read a, read Legion 89, which will be coming out in a couple months. <laughs> for more details much later. <laughs> I also liked that that was the name of the comic was Legion 89. Well, there was Legion 89 and then Legion 90. It was one for like every year, at least until like 94. Hey, you know what? Maybe they just should have called it Legion. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. This is Legion with periods between all of them. Yes. Yeah, it's like she. I'm not going to say L-E-G. I'm not going to do it. L-E-G-I-O-N. 89. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not expecting from the tie-ins some adult content Mm -hmm. which to be fair had i looked more closely at the swamp thing cover i would have discovered that it was for mature readers only so i know we advertise ourselves as a family-friendly podcast so to be family-friendly i'm going to tell you like that is mature content in there uh those of you guys that follow me on twitter got to see some very explicit panels of uh, Swamp Thing's wife having a, an uh, erotic pregnancy dream. <laughs> it was a whole lot. Hey, they happen. You know, that's just. I need to stop calling her Swamp Thing's wife. Swamp dude. Thing's wife. Swamp, Swamp Thing's wife. Swamp Thing at this point is like dead, which is kind of nice. Uh, that I guess that his book fin- er, continues without him. I like that Swamp Thing has a wife and then the comic still happens, unlike a lot of superhero comics where they're like, they can't get married. Come on. Swamp Thing is kind of vaguely a superhero comic, though. So Abby. Abby is pregnant at this point. Not Swamp Thing's wife. She has a name. Well, Abby is Swamp Thing's wife. Yes. Okay. She is Swamp Thing's wife, but I should not call her that just because I have a terrible memory of her name. Yeah. Um, as we know, this podcast is called Chris and Chris's Wife <laughs> on Infinite Earths. <laughs> that is fair and deserved. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, I think my favorite tie-in was The Flash, which you showed me a bit of. Oh, my gosh. Which Wally West sleeps with an alien who is disguised as a human. This yes. is one of the the Durlin, the Durlin, the Dur- which, which are the shape shifting folks. They've basically like infiltrated Cuba. There's a Durlin impersonating Fidel Castro, and Flash <laughs> runs into Fidel Castro on the run along with some other Cubans. One of which is actually a Durlin, who, to show her gratefulness for the Flash protecting them, sneaks into his tent to show her gratitude. 
uh, in a and then tries to kill him. And then he uh, does someone get does someone gets her Manhunter. Man you don't Hunter know it her. in the Flash tie-in. You have to read the Manhunter tie-in. Yeah, the entire time Wally West is just goofing off, and Manhunter is like <laughs> like secretly covering him the entire time. <laughs> and then his dad even shows up and is like, "I also belong to the Manhunters." Wally will never know that I made this sacrifice, and he blows himself up to blow up the boat that all the Durlins were on. Yes, I think he could have stepped back. Batman also goes to Cuba. There's, this is Cuba heavy. Well, I couldn't read the tie-ins that happened in uh, places that weren't Cuba, America, or Australia. Man. Couldn't huh. read anything on the other fronts. Makes me wonder what's in those issues. The go- the you couldn't read there were no oh Arctic no no circle. no no I did I did read the Arctic cir- Circle stuff which as we know thing. is also just America. We put a flag up there once I think. Isn't there somebody else's flag, too? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's probably a lot of flags. People like putting flags on stuff. Um, I just... So I think that these aliens were super creative, except the Kund and the Citadel aliens to me just seemed like big... And the warlords. It's just like, look at these look at these big warrior boys. We didn't really see much of the Scions. No. The Science Boys. I would have loved some Science Boys. What if when we made our alien crossover, it was just warrior boys, science boys. And that's just what we called them. Yep, shapeshifter boys. Is this kind of like, should we use more gender, gender neutral language to describe our aliens? Yeah, or that's they- probably true. <laughs> unless, unless we have one that's just all boys. <laughs> like that, uh, that very misguided episode of Oops, the- all boys. <laughs> oops, oops, all boys. <laughs> that very misguided episode of, of uh, gosh, what was that? What's the, the Seth MacFarlane Star Trek show? Oh, the Orval, where yes. they had they had the race of 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 all boys of oops all boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was like a a real like you tried sticker with the R backwards. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a little tone deaf. But I'm really interested. I'm expecting we're gonna see more with this this gene bomb. Um, do you think that a gene bomb is when the X-Men known as Phoenix jumps into the pool while grabbing her knees. Sweetheart, I feel like I need to inform you that X-Men is not a DC property. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anybody named Jean in the the DC universe? There's gotta be. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Oh, no! We can talk about Gene Loring later, maybe. Maybe off air. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, I will lay on you a Gene Bomb later, which is just talking about Gene Loring. Because the uh, the big tie in that she's in, I don't ever want to cover, and I feel like we'll have to at some point. Oh, the big event? Yeah, it's called mm-hmm. Identity Crisis. I'm sure everybody's now going, <laughs> on their headphones. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm so thrilled. Yep. Tingling with anticipation. Having a, a crisis of identity about <laughs> if you really want to know about this. All right. Well, do we want to get into accolades? I'm trying to think if I had anything else to comment about this crossover. I think they could be covered plenty well in the accolades. Accolades. All right, Christy. The best line for me comes from Guy Gardner 
And I know that you are not a gardener fan. You're not in the gardener fan club. No, do not plant me there. But it comes from the sort of rendezvous on the moon. And uh, Hal Jordan says, welcome aboard, Daxamites. And Guy Gardner says, you're crazy if you trust those guys. They're stinking aliens smelling up my airspace. And Martian Manhunter says, Guy, Superman and I are also aliens. And Guy goes, so? This is the best line? I, it's just like, it's so like Guy Gardner is a complete, like, tone-deaf dummy. He re- I don't like him. He might be moving. I don't know. I can't say completely, but he might be moving into my least favorite Green Lantern slot. Uh, over Hal Jordan? He, yes. Oh, boy. We need to read some good Guy Gardner content. <laughs> I just, I love that they wrote that Guy Gardner is like, well, of course you're good aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I found it just completely. I I laughed out loud at this line. I think it was well written. I don't know if it's a. Uh, I don't know if it's good. Oh, um, my best line. I, I g- gave you all this crap, but my best line I chose because I thought it was such a strange line that like I found really comedic, but I wasn't sure if that was its intent. Yes. Um, but Adam Strange is saying goodbye to his wife, Alana, because he's decided instead of his planet having to form an alliance with the alliance that they're going to remain neutral. And to do so, he's going to he's going to give himself up. This is his pregnant wife, Alana. Pregnant wife, Alana. Who lives on Ran and he visits via Zeta Beam. Yes. And then goes back to Earth. Yes. A, a very excusey. So, you know, she's, of course, very nervous about him going. And she says, uh, I don't want to be married to a corpse. And Adam's response is just, I can see how that might upset you, beloved. <laughs> it's real weird. <laughs> He's just got this kind of like wide-eyed expression on his face. <laughs> Does she know that you're not actually married to corpses? And that's kind of like one of the... Maybe on Ran, you are. You still have to like hang out with them. Oh, Put them on display in the living room. You have to weekend at Bernie's, your Would husband. Would corpse still be Zeta-beamed? <laughs> Imagine it coming back. That's awful. Just the... Sorry. The... I'm just thinking of this in Weekend at Bernie's terms. <laughs> Weekend at Adam Strange's. All right. What about the coolest moment? The coolest moment, I think, are, is the big splash where the heroes are like in, doing like the reinvasion of Australia. Mm. Seems very like landing on Normandy. Yeah. Yeah. But with superheroes. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun page mm-hmm. and a cool moment. My coolest moment uh, was actually the... Daily Planet page we get the at the end of issue one with just the headline Earth to Invaders Drop Dead. It's very good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so fabulous to think about the world uniting in one cause. And it didn't even have to be a giant psychic squid. Giant psychic squid? Uh, readers, get us to that $100 level and Christy, too, will learn about the giant psychic squid. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is that a Watchman? It is a Watchman. Is that in the movie? The No. In okay. the movie, they specifically do not do a giant squid because it's too weird. 
Okay. And I think maybe they just should have gone for it. It is in the show, though. Oh. In the show, they do the giant squid. Which I need to go back and, and watch. You just started it with without me because I was like, yeah, you, you start it because I don't want anything to do with Watchmen. You know, and then you, you can, were like, eh, it's really good. You can watch the show. You can choose not to watch the show. I'm... I I have I think I have mixed feelings on it after its finale. Oh, all right, okay. I think it does a lot right though. Okay, all right. What about the greatest hero, Kel Gand, who is the leader of the Daxamites? He was just like, boy, we messed up. I'm gonna I'm gonna die on Earth to bring my entire people to help you guys, just because Superman did them a solid. Oh, I really love that perspective on it because I went with Superman for you know through just. His goodness in being Superman, convincing the Daxamites to switch sides. I love that Superman just is the kindest person on in like the universe, and that's like his biggest superpower. So I I, I feel you. Mm-hmm. I but that that was like an incredible self sacrifice on behalf of can't remember the Daxamites name. Kel, I can't was, remember anybody's okay, name, guys. Kel Gand was not mentioned by name in the comic. I had, oh, to, had to look, look it, it up. up. Okay. Okay, so at least, least that's one name I haven't just forgotten. I don't think he was. I think he was named later, which is odd. Hey, remember that guy who died? His name was Kel. Oh, cool. <laughs> it was also it was a one Keenan of like man. the one of like the encyclopedias of the. Wait, there's is there an, an encyclopedia of the DC universe? I don't know. It's probably called something different. There was a lot of those. Did you did you ever pick up those books by the publishing company? company that i think is also called dc that does like the big picture books no no okay i think they had one for dc that's just like a giant like picture encyclopedia uh, i don't know if that's where kel gand was though all right well what about some we have a lot of villains this is like super villain heavy uh event so what was your example of silly villainy specifically crusher creel award for silly villainy Mine goes to the bit at the end where the Dominator's like, well, we are just, we're, we are getting completely wrecked here. Need to push a button. And there's two very distinct looking buttons that's like surrender or like blow up. <laughs> and I'm like, when were these put here? Did they always have a surrender or a blow up button? It's like that meme with the, like, with the guy trying to hit the two buttons and he's like sweating. <laughs> and they, they, and he's like, oh, do we hit the surrender? And even the coon is like, what are you doing? You have these buttons. <laughs> like, yeah, we just have buttons. There's a lot of silly villainy, though. The, like, we have to kidnap a bunch of humans thing to, like, test to see which ones live. We didn't talk about those people a lot. Oh. They get their own comic later, the six people who, like, survived the blast. I field. wondered. I don't think it ended up being, like, that popular. <sighs> a lot of these comics that start as part of an event just... Don't end up going a lot of places. Secret Warriors is like the big one I can think of that started from Secret Invasion that got like popular. Yeah. I really wasn't sure after, you know, seeing a whole bunch of people, including children and like, uh, you know, just random innocent people executed that I was going to be in for this comic. But once you get past that, like, I think it's just supposed to be like an establishing like these are real bad dudes. Yeah. They're like, hey, you want to hate somebody? These guys. There you go. I just feel like that's that's far too easy uh, in a, a way for an, a writer to get across that you're not supposed to like somebody is just executing, having them execute like children. Yeah, that's like that's like top tier. Overused, overused in comics. Executing children, mm-hmm. no I, more. N- not not in movies because you know people don't want to see it. 
It's true. All right. Well, my Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy uh, goes to the Cuns in their uh, concentration uh, camp, specifically the line where they say they must separate the sexes uh, because the Scions want no breeding save under their supervision. Mm-hmm. So the Scions want to supervise your breeding. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I love that they also think like... And these people uh, hanging out, they're gonna they're gonna really want to be doing that. I don't know. <laughs> and another gun even makes the comment, "Why do they get to have all the fun? The scions watching <laughs> the reindeer. <laughs> Bunch of voyeur aliens. <laughs> Pink beefy bad guys. Pink beefy bad guys. Guns. People are going to mistake what you're saying. I keep trying to go coons, but that's all. That, that's maybe not better. I don't know. K-H-U-N-D. I don't know. It's got to have a K. It does have to have a K. Because of, of the K-H. You can't, yeah, the K-H. So you can't go coon. Oh, you're right. It is coons. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I didn't name them. I'm very nope. bad with names. <laughs> I would have come up with something easier to say. <laughs> All right. What about your Key of C award? This one's going to be weird. Okay. Wally's dad about to make the big sacrifice and is like, Wally's not even going to know I'm here, but I'm going to I'm gonna help him out mm-hmm. because like I belong to this weird manhunter cult. <laughs> I thought I, I could have made a good I have to atone for it. Yeah. Yeah. Manhunters did stuff to... Wally's mom. Oh, that's not great. No. The Manhunters are weird in that they are a precursor to the Green Lanterns. Mm -hmm. But somehow, like, on Earth, people were like, I guess we'll make a cult. Humans are really, really easy. They're so good at making cults. They're like, what's up? Want a cult about it? (laughs) We just really like togetherness. (laughs) (laughs) Chrissy excusing cults. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're just lonely. <laughs> What's right. your key of C, Christy? My key of C goes to our uh, name nameless lower cast Daxamite. Yeah, little um, little dot. I feel like he needed like his own version of if I only had a brain, but this one would be if I only had a name. <gasps> That's so good. <laughs> I like that he's like, man, I really wish we didn't have to kill all these humans. We could just sterilize them of powers instead. That sounds way better. <laughs> like, he's still a jerk. He's just kind of a different kind of jerk. Yes. <laughs> if I only had a name. He did, because he talks to himself a lot. He does. He he doom monologues. He is kind of the Dr. Doom of this comic, just like Meek. A Meek Doom. Mm-hmm. He hasn't... Uh, he, he seems like, like the smartest Daxamite. Like, he... he He's very intelligent. The smartest dominator. Dominator, not yes. Daxamite. It's not like those don't; those aren't somewhat similar. You're hit with a lot of aliens in this. This is an alien smorgasbord. So bad with names. I only know the Gildish Pan because it's such a funny name, and they look so funny. Yep. Why can't they make them all that interesting? What are, what are the like the gorilla-looking ones that are on the, uh, the space prison? Yeah, the Citadel. Citadel aliens. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. They give me a lot of pages where they tell me their names, and they don't even give them other names for me to remember. They just call each other by their species all the time, right? There's not which like, is very helpful. There's not like Grakthar the Dominator or something. 
All right. Well, friends, that's going to wrap us up for this week. Readers, we hope you've been taking care of yourself. But if you would like to help take care of Chris and I. (laughs) (laughs) You can donate to our Kofi, which is going to be in the show notes. That one has, uh, that's that's in sets of three, three dollars, six dollars, nine dollars, all the way up mm-hmm. to twelve dollars. That one you can also set up recurring donations with now, and I hear it has less fees than Patreon, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Patreon also Patreon might have to start paying taxes depending on your state. Yeah, and I I don't know if the things that we give are taxable goods. I don't think so. So we might be good. Cause I think we, we're good. We don't. You don't get. You don't get a tangible. No. We we only our we only, love is intangible. Yep. <laughs> we also have that Patreon though, which will also be in the show notes. You can check that out. We have mm-hmm. lots of different donation levels where you can do things like suggest a podcast for the readers to vote on that we will, or so, sorry, suggest a crossover that the readers will vote on that we have to cover. Or if you donate at a high enough level, you can force us to unequivocally cover one or even to add an accolade permanently to the show, like the Key of C accolade added by Charlie Davis. Mm-hmm. Or you can just decide, hey, Chris and Christy are doing fine and uh, donate to your local bail fund or um, to an- any other local organization. Some mutual aids. So make sure if you if you've got... The cash to spare, make sure you're putting it where it's going to help the most. Yes. Um, look look out to make sure they're, they're right and good. A lot of bad actors are trying to take advantage of these troubled times to make a quick buck on fake stuff. So try, try to make sure you're not given to random GoFundMes that aren't official. I'd say, I'd say a, a lot of the, uh, it's pretty easy to find, especially if you're on Twitter, which ones are official. Plus those, those websites, bail funds, mutual aid funds are usually pretty easy to, to check out. If you want to support us, not monetarily, th- those things mean just as much to us, if if not sometimes more. Yeah, I love reviews. I love reading your guys' reviews. So yeah, review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Or shout us out if somebody's looking for recommendations for the kind of stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. If you need to get a hold of us, we're at Chris's Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Or you can send us those longer form messages at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. We're going to be finishing up Invasion next week before moving on to another Marvel crossover. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, while things go well, it should be next week that you're getting the next episode. So we're not pushing everything back. But you know, you know, these are these are crazy times so maybe i'm gonna be eating these words maybe it'll be two weeks (laughs) maybe it'll be two weeks but until next time slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours